For the first time ever, North Carolina will play Minnesota in football, welcoming the Golden Gophers to Keenan Stadium, looking to wrap up their super difficult non-conference start of the schedule with a 3-0 record. And I'm telling you right now, it's going to be close, but it's going to happen. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, September 14th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us today to get your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, which provides you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Coming up on today's show is a crossover episode with the host of Locked On Golden Gophers, Kane Robb. What we do on Thursdays during college football season is have a crossover episode with the opposing Locked On host. So here we go. Right now, let's get it. Hey, welcome into this crossover episode of Locked On Golden Gophers and Locked On Tar Heels. For you Tar Heels, let me introduce to you Mr. Kane Robb, the host of Locked On Golden Gophers at Gophers Kane Robb on Twitter X, whatever we're calling it these days. For you Golden Gophers folks, my name is Isaac Shade. I am the host of Locked On Tar Heels. It's a pleasure to be with you. And man, we are here to talk about the first ever meeting between the Golden Gophers and Tar Heels. Wild to think that that's a reality. So Kane and I, we're going to have for you the biggest headlines. We're going to talk key matchups. And of course, we're going to give you our predictions on this game. And so Kane, let's get right into those headlines. As you look at this uh, from the Minnesota perspective of things, what do you see as uh, maybe the biggest storyline ahead of Saturday's matchup? I think there's two big storylines. I mean, I would be remiss if we didn't bring up your boy, Drake May. Everybody (laughs) knows that this kid can ball. And you know what? I don't know. I was saying on the show yesterday that this might be one of the best quarterbacks that Coach Fleck has played in his tenure with the Gophers. We've seen C.J. Stroud and Dwayne Haskins. But, you know, when you listen to the scouts and the different perspectives, it sounds like people might be higher on May than those two. So this could, in fact, be that. So that's definitely a headline with this defense that has been a top 10 top 15 unit for the past two years now still looking good this year I think that's really what the fans want to see is can we compete with a team like that but another thing that maybe a lot of people don't know is PJ Flex record in ranked games right now in his time with Minnesota he's three and 11 against ranked teams so can he get on the right side of it that's something that a lot of people might assume well it's a bad record so he's not going to do well but this team maybe could get over the hump Maybe so. And if and if I had seen it right, all three of those victories were at home, right? I don't think he's got any road victories against a ranked team. I think it has been tough swinging when it comes to the road ranked games. Well, I'm going to on the Tar Heel side of things, Kane, I'm going <laughs> to cross my fingers that 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 tradition carries on. And obviously uh, the Gophers fans are screaming at us right now uh, like no Isaac Shade. We will set a new precedent. Uh, here's what's interesting about that first storyline that you were talking about, Kane, is I love that it's kind of like 
Carolina's strength is the offense. Minnesota's strength is the defense. So we're going to have that. And then as I look at Carolina's like, eh, it's the defense. And as we look at Minnesota's, eh, it's probably the offense. And so we've got like strength on strength and then question mark on question mark. Because for North Carolina, the defense, one of, this to me is the biggest storyline for the Tar Heels, is it's been two very different outings for the Carolina defense in these first two games. Against South Carolina, an SEC opponent to open the season, nine sacks, 16 TFLs, man. And then last week against App State at home, zero sacks and just four tackles for loss. So it's harder for me to know which version of that Carolina defense is going to show up. Now they did, they they didn't get home and, and get sacks last week. They got to the quarterback, but still there, there's a big difference between nine times getting him on his butt and zero times getting him on his butt. And so uh, I'm really curious to see how Carolina can do with that, particularly against what I think is going to be a nice uh, ground and pound game as we saw against Eastern uh, last week for the Golden Gophers there. Um, Kane, one other storyline I'll bring up and then I'll pass it back to you is I'm really starting to try to understand what is Carolina's offense. Now, as big 10 folks might be aware, North Carolina's offensive coordinator, Phil Longo came up your way to Wisconsin this -hmm. year, which I'm still trying to figure out an air raid offense in Wisconsin. You can help me with that one. Maybe I think they're still trying to figure that out. too. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we can all throw shade at the Badgers here on this crossover and I'm, I'm here for it, but uh, under new offensive coordinator, Chip Lindsay, Carolina so far has had a little bit more of a balanced attack. Interestingly, I was I was getting into the numbers ahead of our conversation today. And when you think Drake May, as you were talking about, it's like, oh, man, we're ball out through the air. So far through two games, Carolina has more net yards on the ground than in the air. 487 rushing yards to 477 passing yards. You wouldn't necessarily expect that with Drake May as your quarterback. But from where I sit, that might actually be a better thing for the Tar Heels from a long-term standpoint. What are your thoughts on that or or other storylines you're looking at from the Minnesota perspective? No, I'm with you. I think that was definitely interesting as I kind of dove into our research this week for North Carolina. That was something that popped off the pages. They're tied for ninth, I believe, in the nation right now for rushing yards. Omarion Hampton, I was a fan of him. I talked about him in our – I broke down every opponent pre-season, and I was just like, these are my thoughts. These are the changes that have happened. Now, of course, I'm not going to get a lot of those right because – the non-conference opponents, I don't see him all the time. Right. So I had to get in there, but really liked Hampton. It looks like he's taken that next step, but I was surprised that they haven't maybe passed it as much as what we had come to know from last year's team. So I was interested in that storyline overall, and I was going to ask you, are you surprised to see that the offense has been passing for less yardage? And is that maybe expected because of the departures of those wide receivers like Josh Downs and Antoine Green, or is it more so because of this new offensive coordinator? Actually, Kane, I'm just going to say yes, because I do. I legitimately think it's a little bit of all of that. Obviously, when you lose a guy like Josh Downs, who like caught passes last week for the Colts in his first ever NFL game, you're, you're just, I mean, he's just so much of a safety valve that it's just going to be different as you work new guys in. Another part of that is the guy that you expect to be like, so Antoine Green was the take the top off the defense kind of guy. The guy that you expected to be that for the Tar Heels this year, their number one receiver was going to be Tez Walker, who's mm-hmm. been this big national storyline that has been declared ineligible. So he is not there and available for the Tar Heels. He is a guy that 
had been working very closely with Drake May all offseason, and now they're not playing together. The other thing is that the other big-time uh, transfer receiver that was coming in was Nate McCollum coming in from Georgia Tech. Um, he was on the shelf week one, starting to work his way back in a little bit last week. But uh, it, it sounds like Carolina expects him to be back to a little more full strength this week. But when you look at who McCollum is going to be, I, I know because of the Tez Walker stuff, that's the name people know. But last season in the ACC, Kane, there were four receivers who had multiple games of at least eight receptions, 100 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Three of those guys are playing on Sunday now, and the other was mm -hmm. Nate McCollum. And so, they're, you know, Carolina's just had a little bit of some setback with that. And, and there are some other great pass catchers there, whether it's uh, the returning three tight ends, John Copenhaver, Kamari Morales, and Bryson Nesbitt, who I think has the highest ceiling. Or some of the other guys, like uh, Kobe Pesor is the Josh Downs replacement, essentially. Um, but then you mix that in with some changes at offensive coordinator. And then on top of that, App State came out last week and said, our goal is to not let Drake May beat us. So that's why all those running lanes opened up for Amari on Hampton last week. So it's just, man, it's, it's a mixture of all of that coming together. <laughs> I definitely get that. I get that. The other storyline I would say from the Gophers side of things, just to kind of wrap up these storylines, is – not only health because there were some injuries last game and still players trying to get back from injuries that haven't played yet this year, but it's how those players, hopefully if they can come back in this game, how they can help contribute to the struggling red zone offense. I believe the Gophers have had eight trips in the red zone, and I think they've only scored two touchdowns within those Whoa. eight trips in the red zone. Last week we got within the five-yard line on six drives, and we only came away with two touchdowns. We kicked four or five field goals like – it, it's tough sledding, and part of that is because P.J. Fleck was very stubborn this past week and was like, I'm running the ball. I don't care what they're doing. I'm running it because we need to fix the ground game. We need to figure out which of these running backs can do it since Mo Ibrahim is gone. Who's going to take on that helm? Now, Darius Taylor, true freshman, came in, balled out, 206 all-purpose yards, looked really promising. Hopefully that trend can continue, but – you're not going to be able to be predictable and have that just we're going to run the ball against North Carolina because even if that defense is a question mark, like you said, that's not going to work against a Power 5 school. So they're going to have to get more creative. New play callers this year in Greg Harbo, who is the co-offensive coordinator, and this is going to be the matchup where you have to pull out some of the fancy stuff, some of the trickery, some of the things that can get you touchdowns instead of field goals. Oh, man. Hopefully for the Gophers' sake, they can punch it in. Obviously for the Tar Heels, I'm going to say let's keep that red zone efficiency way down. <laughs> I know that's what the Tar Heel fan base is hoping for. Well, what is all that going to look like in every game? There are key matchups that help determine who's going to come up with the W on the scoreboard. Kane and I are going to dive into the key matchups that we're seeing in just a second. But first, I need to tell you guys that this episode of Locked on Golden Gophers and Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by our brand new sponsor on the Locked on Network, Jace Medical. Hey, what would happen if you found yourself cut off from modern medical care and treatment? I'm guessing that just like me, you would not be prepared. Maybe you're stuck out in the tundra of Minnesota somewhere or it's supply chain issues uh, or whatever it is. Honestly, for me, life is just so busy all the time. We're recording 8 million podcasts a week. That, that we just don't have time to schedule a doctor's appointment. So if you're like me, Jace Case from Jace Medical is the thing that you need. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. 
All you have to do to get this Jace case is fill out a simple online form, and then you get prescription life-saving medications delivered right to your door. And I love it because you don't have to hope that you've got these medications. They're already in hand. So you can save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using our code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Doctor created, doctor recommended. That's Jace Medical. Folks, we want to make sure you check out Locked On's brand new college football kickoff show coming at you every Friday. That'll be tomorrow from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube page. So you can go find it. Get ready for all of this week's action. Obviously, the thing they're going to be talking about the most is Minnesota and North Carolina. It's clearly the key game of the week that everyone is tuning in for. Make sure you go check out Locked On College Football Kickoff Live Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube page. All right, Kane, let's figure it out. What are the key matchups that are going to help determine the outcome of Saturday's game? Why don't you start us off? You know, to kick this one off, I'm going to say the Minnesota's front seven against the North Carolina running backs. You've said it. It kind of has been more balanced. They're one of the top 10 teams in the nation when it comes to run defense. And you know what? Or not run defense, but running the ball. (laughs) But run defense-wise, that's been the weakness of the Gophers defense in this year. Now, it's a small sample size. You can't really take it all for what it is because it's two games. But they're 78th in the country in run defense right now. And there have been some openings. Now, we've had to take on some running quarterbacks like Jeff Sims, who has been struggling to pass ball lately but (laughs) overall drake may can still run the ball too so they're gonna have to figure out a way to really contain or slow down the run game one of the keys to victory that we talked about with this week's locked on golden gophers was that you have to find a way to get them in longer down and distance on third down you can't give them all these short yardage fields because otherwise drake may or the running game can pick you apart so i think that key matchup this week for me that headliner one for me is that gophers front seven and the north carolina running backs well kane you're never gonna believe it but my key matchup is the North Carolina defensive front against the Minnesota offensive line. Uh, so that's really interesting that we're looking at it the same way. But but here's the thing. Since returning to Chapel Hill a couple of years ago, Mac Brown has been working to build like legit too deep depth everywhere. But the D-line has been the specific point of emphasis. I don't mind saying that to this point, it just hasn't come to fruition. But this year, it's starting to show that where the Tar Heels are legitimately rotating eight to 10 guys. Now, North Carolina has a four to five approach where you've got kind of four down linemen. You got two linebackers and then five in the secondary. But you're sneaking like Carolina calls it a star, essentially their nickelback, typically up close to the line uh, along with that. But Um, what you need to know, folks, is the linebackers are the model of consistency. That's been true of North Carolina, even when things have struggled. That's Cedric Gray and Power Eccles. Um, But the the issue has been in front of and behind the linebackers. The secondary has gotten beat a good bit, even even this year, as they've done a little bit better. But to me, the reliance... Uh, the, the ability from the D-line to do their job is going to enable the the defensive backs, the secondary, to do what they need to do. So, Kane, that's where I think it's critical. The guy that's been the motor so far for this thing is Kamen Rucker, who, per PFF, leads the nation in quarterback pressures right now with 17. This guy's a little bit undersized, but, man, he is this motor that makes the Tar Heel defense go. His teammates love him, and they rally around him. Well, here's the thing. 
if Carolina is going to stop that ground and pound potential attack, Minnesota, I was, I was looking at it, 81 rush attempts so far, 59 pass attempts. And so, man, it's just working it, cramming it down your throat. And so ultimately, Carolina is going to have to find a way to make um, Cali McManus like beat them through the air rather than on the ground with his own feet or Darius Taylor or Sean Tyler, whoever it is, right? Um, because and, and you look at it, um, Minnesota so far, my man, is so far up there in time of possession. It's wild to look at some of those numbers. And so Carolina has to find a way to bring that average time of possession down, some of which could be forcing the ball into the air. So whether it's stacking the box and, and uh, you know, just daring Minnesota to throw the ball. I don't know what it is, but Carolina has to find a way to shut down that running attack, just like you're talking about for the Golden Gophers. And and that's part of it too, is Minnesota's not beating themselves. My goodness. is Am I right, Kane? Five total penalties so far this season? Yeah, I believe they're the third least penalized team. And last year they were the number one team with fewest penalties in the country. So that's something that this staff definitely harps on. Whereas on the other hand, North Carolina has 12 total penalties so far this season. And that's one of the areas they shot themselves in the foot last week. We're able to get App State into several third and long or even fourth and short situations. But then there was like a key face mask penalty Mm -hmm. as App State was on their own three yard line to help extend or start a drive, I guess I should really say. And so, so that's part of that too, is just that defensive discipline that we'll be watching for. So Kane, how interesting that, that we're both looking at that same thing as being critical to this game. And uh, man, if both teams are really looking for that rushing attack, it seems, you know, that Minnesota might have that edge from a time of possession standpoint. Yeah, I definitely have that as the biggest key for the Minnesota Gophers this week is claiming that time of possession battle because you want to keep the ball out of Drake May's hands. I know we've talked about North Carolina has had success running this year, but we know Drake May is Drake May. Like plain and simple, he's got the talent to pick you apart. He, The big thing that Coach Fleck talked about in the pressers this week actually was how much he stays poised and he doesn't panic. He doesn't really – he might have a bad decision here or there, but – He holds his poise really well. He makes good decisions for the most part. So you're not going to rattle him. So the thing is that you want to force them into situations where he's going to have to throw the ball out or have to take longer and maybe force himself into turnover-worthy plays by making those long fields. So I think it's interesting that you do bring up the trenches. Sounds like North Carolina might be gearing up for the Big Ten football over here. Maybe maybe we'll be headed that way. But uh, overall, I think we're right in line with each other lock and step. But one thing I will say, that I think is really interesting, and maybe you won't believe me, but I do think we're going to see it play out on Saturday, is that the Gophers are going to pass the ball a lot. I think that they showed it a lot in Nebraska because they had to, but last week, Coach Fleck, I think more so, ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball, 53 rushing attempts because he didn't want to put a whole lot on film for North Carolina. Now, some might say coaches don't do that, but Coach Fleck is absolutely the type to do that, and I think Kelly McManus has some talent, but we've got a really deep wide receiver room, pass catcher room to go with him. So one of the matchups I'm really curious about is that I don't know much about the North Carolina secondary, just plain and simple. And so I wonder if they have a lot of depth to them or if the Gophers can try to tire them out or just with how much versatility this wide receiver room brings. I believe there's five wide receivers if Crab is back, depending on the injury. He hasn't played yet this season, but it sounds like he is very, very close. 
He can be seen as potentially our number one wide receiver. If we get him back, you have four other receivers that work with him and then an all-American, preseason all-American tight end in Brevin Spanford. It's a lot to choose from. So hopefully, rather than putting the game in Ethan's hands as far as decision-making, there's some sort of openings that you can find quickly. Well, to to your question, Kane, and then I'll let you move us forward after that. Um, North Carolina essentially lost – all of their secondary, mostly to the transfer portal, guys like Storm Duck, um, Tony Grimes, etc. Um, but they bring it. Probably the key to the to the uh, secondary right now is Elijah Huzzy, who is an East Tennessee State transfer that, due to some other injuries, actually started at star in game one, but then last week went back out to his natural cornerback position, and interestingly, filling in behind him. Uh, at that star position was DJ Jones, who was a converted running back. North Carolina has a deep running back room behind Omarion Hampton. Uh, British Brooks was actually the starter in week one, was out last week with a thigh bruise. He should be back on Saturday. But DJ Jones said, how can I help this team? And so last week he was the starting star. And so really curious to see what North Carolina does there going forward. That is interesting. I haven't heard of running backs switching to cornerbacks, nickel corners, whatever you want to call them. But hey, Whatever gets you on the field and contributing. But what we're going to talk about next is definitely what all the fans want to hear, and that is predictions. We're definitely going to jump into that. But first, we got to talk about our friends over at Game Time. Now, I don't know about you, Isaac, but I am a person who has always, throughout school and all that, I've procrastinated. I wait till the last second. And this is the first time that I've ever been kind of rewarded in that sense because (laughs) Game Time the game time app you can download and get tickets with last minute killer deals and the best price guaranteed so you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have at the event it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason and you can even get images of your seats before you buy so that way you can know exactly what you're in for heading into the game so you buy tickets quick and easy last minute deals Sounds like heaven to me as a procrastinator. You can snag tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. But again, create an account, use promo code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, it's it's time, Isaac. The Woo! folks have been waiting twenty minutes, and they're like, "I want to know." What is it? We've got two hosts, opposing teams. What are the predictions? So how are we going to do this, man? How? What is the biggest, uh, before we dive to the actual numbers, I want to know what is your biggest area of concern for North Carolina heading into this matchup? My biggest area of concern is, that's such a good way to ask it. One of my three keys last week, you know, we got these great new graphics packages here on the Locked On Network for social media. And so when I put out my three keys, one of them was, get a lead, keep a lead, build a lead. That was one of Carolina's struggles last year, precisely because of the defense's inability. So it was like, Drake, the weight of the world is on your shoulders to go, and the the offense just basically has to outscore the opponent. But every game, Carolina was having to just cling for dear life to victories. Um, So they won, they were nine and one to start the season, but like six of those nine victories were within one score. And so I'm looking at that again because they weren't able to do it last week against App State, a double overtime victory over the Mountaineers, 40 to 34. So the thing I'm most concerned about is North Carolina's playing at home. Got to lean heavy on that home crowd to really just help 
kick things off out of the gate, trying to not let that Tez Walker, all, all that news be a distraction, but more motivation if they can do that. But to, to build a lead early on, you know, score first possession, and then just keep building off of that energy. Uh, they, again, they weren't able to do it last week, but, but that's going to be difficult, Kane, because as you well know, and as the Golden Gophers crew knows, You've only surrendered 16 points this year. Now, I, I get it. It's Nebraska and Eastern Michigan, whatever. But um, still, that's only 16 points against college football teams. So that's my biggest concern is North Carolina getting a lead and then finding ways to actually extend it and, and just kind of uh, drive home the nail early and quickly. What about for you? Yeah. What, what, what's your area of biggest concern? I love that question. Yeah, no, I absolutely get it, too, because like you said, small sample size, but they were a top scoring defense the last couple of years. So it's a valid worry. But my biggest concern is kind of the opposite. I I need Minnesota to step up from the jump. You can't let them score early. You have to keep this a low scoring game. So we if if this is to go down to a shootout and you're trying to say whoever gets the ball last wins. Minnesota hasn't proven to be able to score like that. So if if North Carolina gets on the ball board early and they're just racking up points, that could really tear this Gophers defense apart because, you know, this Gophers defense really strategizes and hones in on the time off the field. So the offense putting together those long drives and time of possession gives our defensive coordinator, Joe Rossi, exactly what he wants and able to break down and make the adjustments mid game. That is what he's really known for. So if we're going five play drives, four play drives, the thing is every time that happens, Penn state, Purdue, Illinois, all last year, all of our losses last year because mm. we kept having five, six play drives or less. So if we can't control the clock and keep the ball out of North Carolina's hands and keep the scoring to a minimum, it's not going to be in favor of the Gophers on this one. Ooh, that's really interesting, Kane. So it sounds like uh, it's an, another area where just butting heads on what each team is trying <laughs> to do. So Kane, as we look at FanDuel, our official sports betting partner here on the Locked On Network, they actually have the Tar Heels negative by minus seven and a half. Ooh, that feels like it's a big line for me, Kane. I don't know. That might be too <laughs> steep. And an over under of 49 and a half. That's wild considering that the Golden Gophers have only given up 16 points. Uh, I think they're trying to find a bridge somewhere in between the high scoring Carolina offense and uh, what uh, Minnesota is trying to do to keep teams at base. So it's, it's really um, whatever you'd talk about where it's like a square peg and a round hole kind of situation right. there. So Kane, as we look at that, any other thoughts that are going to help you determine who to go with? And, and if the line's too big, small, who, how, how are you looking at it, my friend? You know, I think that that scoring line is extremely interesting as far as the 49 and a half points. It looks like it's gone up a point because last time I checked, it was 48 and a half. So it might be trending towards North Carolina, but you know what? Overall, I think that even Vegas is telling us they're struggling with this game because North Carolina has been constantly in the high 50s, 60s for scoring total lines between two teams. And Minnesota has been in the low 40s. So the fact that this is almost right at 50 is telling you we don't know what to do with this game. We could see it going one way with maybe a more defensive battle and low scoring, or we could see it. North Carolina absolutely busts this thing open and Minnesota is going to have to try to compete. So I think for the betting on this one, this is probably a game I would stay away from personally. But <laughs> if you're if you're if you're like determined, I gotta bet on this game, then you have to go with your gut because it's gonna play out one of the two extremes. It's probably not a middle ground in this one. 
Well, what's interesting for me is I actually am kind of middle grounding it. I'm bringing North Carolina down from okay. what they usually do scoring, but I'm bringing Minnesota up from what we might uh, expect to see. And so as I look at it, I do think that ultimately North Carolina holds serve at home. I'm going to lean on the fact that, again, Minnesota has never beaten a ranked opponent on the road under Coach Fleck. I hope we're rowing that boat right back up to Minnesota and <laughs> things are going there. But the line is too big for me to say Carolina covers. So um, I, I got to go with uh, North Carolina 28 and Minnesota 20. Just barely, un, just barely outside uh, of covering there. No, I went the wrong way on that. That has North Carolina covered. Excuse me, I meant North Carolina 28, Minnesota 21, just under covering the uh, Golden Gophers. Get that there. But what's interesting about that number, 28-21, is that's also barely just hitting the under on it. That would be 49 total, and we got that 49.5 point total. So that's what I'm looking at, Kane. Tar Heels 28, Golden Gophers 21. What about you? You know what? If I want my Golden Gophers to have any chance in this, and I do believe this will be a down-to-the-wire game. Like, I think it's going to be a good battle, and it's going to be – I respect North Carolina as a program. I think you've got a lot of good things going for you. But I'm going to I'm gonna go with my gut. I think we can maybe just maybe squeak this one out. But if we do, it's going to be based on defense. So I'm going to go Minnesota 24 and North Carolina 21. I think it's going to be a field goal game. It's going to be tight. Now – I could end up eating my words on this one, but that's just what my gut's telling me. We got to lock it in. I can't go against them now. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> there you go. Listen, so we're both right there with, with the teams in the 20s. So I, you know what? Vegas might not know what's going on, but Kane, Rob, and Isaac Shade do. This game's going to be in the 20s. Coming down to it, we both have it as a one-score game. As you said, Kane, uh, looking forward to a great game in, on Saturday in Keenan Stadium in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Best of luck to the Golden Gophers, both, well, not this week, but the rest of the season afterwards. Yes, I feel that as well. I appreciate doing this Locked On crossover. Be sure to follow over at Locked On Tar Heels so you can keep up with them along the way. Because you know what? If Minnesota somehow does get this win, you're still going to want to know about that Tar Heels resume. So that way it helps the Gophers look better. And same with the Tar Heels. If you pull out the win, you want Minnesota to do better so it looks better on your resume. So... It's going to be a good one. I'm excited for it. And thank you for the time, Isaac. Thank you, Kane, man. Have a great weekend. Enjoy. You as well. That's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Thanks so much to Kane for joining us, helping us get prepped and ready for what the Golden Gophers are going to bring to Keenan Stadium on Saturday. Make sure you tune in with us tomorrow where we'll be joined by our guy, Coach Rob. We're talking about ACC expansion stuff and, of course, story time with Coach. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me at Isaac Shade. If you want to have more in-depth conversations, feel free to email us, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. You can also submit questions there as well. Don't forget to subscribe on audio and video formats, whichever you prefer. Smash the like button if you're watching, and we'd love to hear your comments and thoughts on Saturday's game. Hey, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll be right back tomorrow, but until then, peace.